I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. The countries of Central America are still coping with the lingering effects of multiple wars, including the vicious cycle of gang warfare. Gangs that formed in Central American refugee communities here in the U.S. have spread back to Central America. Photojournalist Donna De Cesare has spent more than a decade chronicling that. Her new bilingual photo book is called Unsettled, and one of the people who helped De Cesare learn about the gang world is Susan Cruz. She's a former gang member who now works with troubled youth in the U.S. and Central America. When we spoke with the two of them, De Cesare and Cruz wouldn't discuss details like the names of gangs and their activities, but they shared a lot with us, including how they first met on the outskirts of San Salvador in 1993. I was hanging out with some former friends, and one of them came in excited and said, there's a woman, there's there's an American, and she's you know she wants to take photographs of us. And I looked at him like he had lost his head, and I said, are you kidding? How do you know she's not a cop? Why did you bring her here? And I put on a jacket with a hoodie, and I put on these dark sunglasses in preparation, you know, for this woman, you know, that uh, who wanted to take our photos. Donna De Cesare, how do you remember that moment? Do you recall any mistrust and being the focus of paranoia? Yes. <laughs> Susan was wearing sunglasses and had the hooded sweatshirt tied up so tightly around her face, you could hardly see any of her face at all. So obviously, I knew she didn't trust me. And so that was that was my challenge was to to really kind of open up to her too and be honest about who I was to gain her trust. And then what happened? So Donna came in and she was very explicit and very detailed about what she was going to do and I think I was pleasantly surprised that she knew Spanish. She told us that she had lived in El Salvador during the war. Uh, she knew about the history. And this was something, you know, that I think really opened the door for us, at least for me. Susan, I noticed that you said when you first met Donna, you were with uh, former friends. When you say former, are they no longer in contact with you or where are they? I would say that most of the people that were there, that they are either dead or doing life in prison. How did you make the break from the life? No gang member leaves the gang lifestyle by submitting a letter of resignation saying, guys, it's been great, but this is where we part ways. It doesn't work like that. We had formed this gang in Los Angeles as a way of protecting ourselves, defending ourselves. You know, we banded together for our own safety. And, and why, did for... you, why did you need to band together? Why did you need that security? During the 1980s, you had a lot of Salvadorans that migrated to the United States and in, in Los Angeles in particular, those who brought their children, just like, you know, me, we all shared common experiences of, you know, being uprooted and not understanding what was happening to us, not understanding why we were dropped in to what we were finding to be a hostile environment, even though we spoke Spanish. We were facing discrimination and prejudice, not just, you know, from other races, but also from other Hispanics. And so the, the common thread, the solidarity of us was based on our nationalism of being this group of Salvadoran kids whose parents had survived horrible things during the war and were not in a position to talk about it. They were emotionally absent. They were physically absent working two, three jobs. And so in school, we banded together, you know, to protect ourselves and what started almost as a support group of sorts has now grown into this gang, you know, that is beyond what any of us, you know, thought it would be. 
Donna, tell me about a woman named Flaca who's uh, profiled in your book. The photograph you have of her is taken from behind. Flaca doesn't want to show her face. You see her gang tattoo, but you can only see it if she's wearing her hair up. Flaca's Guatemalan. She ran away from an abusive home at 12, arrived in the U.S. as an unaccompanied minor. What happened to her when she got here? She worked odd jobs in the beginning, but she fell in love with a boy from the Mata Salvatrucha gang. She became pregnant. She wasn't really in the gang, you know, up until that point, but then she she needed to survive, and so that was the family she had. And so she joined the gang. She ended up selling drugs on the street. One day she was shot by rival gangs, and so Flaca ended up being taken to the emergency room. She had her child with her, and she handed her baby to another homeboy who took the baby, and she said, you know, take care of my son. You know, I'll be coming back, you know, as soon as I get out of the hospital. Instead of getting out of the hospital, she got sent to prison because they found drugs on her, and then she ended up being deported to Guatemala. Once she got to Guatemala, she wanted to find out what happened to her kid. The gang members there told her, don't ask. And, you know, she said to me, Donna, I don't care if he's with a family that's taking care of him and he's happy. I just want him to know that his mother loved him, that I didn't abandon him, because she herself felt abandoned by her own family. And that was the most heartbreaking thing, was not knowing what happened to him and feeling that if he was alive, which she was desperately hoping he was, and loved, that he realized that his mother loved him too. Susan Cruz, you were the person who told Donna about Flaca. What do you remember most about her? Flaca and I did time together. And since I was the one to first leave, I made a promise to her that I was going to do everything in my power to, you know, to find her son. Unfortunately, every lead led to nowhere. And basically, the last that I had heard was, you know, that he had been taken up by a gang member who had then switched sides. And I was basically told to stop asking. I mentioned this to Donna because I I didn't want to give up. I wanted, you know, to try other ways of finding her son. I wanted to keep my promise. Donna, you spoke earlier about how these gang stories are like a Greek tragedy. I mean, I think of the case of Edgar Bolaños, a Salvadoran whom you met. Uh, Edgar had returned to El Salvador after gangs killed his brother in L.A. In fact, he believed that the bullet that killed his brother was meant for him. And part of this story was told by Edgar's tattoos. Explain that to us. When I met Edgar, you know, he looked so familiar. He was like a carbon copy of his brother. And then he took off his shirt and he showed me that he had tattooed on his back his mother's name, Anna, and then a tombstone with the words, rest in peace, shy boy, which was his brother's gang name. Turned out that Edgar had taken his dead brother's name and was calling himself shy boy. I really felt that Edgar, in some sense, had decided that, you know, he was already a dead person by tattooing that on his back. And tragically, this is this is actually what happened to him. You know, I knew Edgar for a period, about five or six years, and I got a call from his mom telling me that he'd been murdered in El Salvador, and mm-hmm. she was told he was murdered by the death squad, the Sombra Negra. No one has ever found out who killed Edgar Bolaños. It's the police don't investigate crimes against young people who are in gang involved. And this is part of what fuels the cycle of violence there. Susan, you knew Edgar Bolaños and his family. What about his story has hit home hardest for you? There are many shy boys. There are many flacas. And people don't seem, you know, to grasp how is it, you know, that we try something different. 
a young man is murdered and no one cares? How do we change this paradigm of a child, you know, is taken away from his mother and no one cares? Uh, I think that's what hits the hardest and the reason why I, I do the work that I do now because at least it gives me some relief that swimming against the tide, so to speak, but at least I'm, mm. I'm trying to do something. If at best, you know, just like Donna, you know, with her book, trying, you know, to bring back the idea into people's minds, you know, that these are human beings we're talking about. Susan, Donna, thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you, Marco. Thank you for having us. Former gang member Susan Cruz now works with youth involved in gangs in the U.S. and Central America. The new book by photojournalist Donna De Cesare is called Unsettled. You can see her powerful black and white photos of Flaca, Edgar, and others at theworld.org.